Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Medium Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my post podcast. Um, today is Wednesday, the 28th of June, no, uh, tw- 2023. Gosh, I keep saying 19. You think I'd be over that by now? Today's a very special day um, for me. Um, today is 37 years ago was the day that my daughter left this earth. So I thought I would dedicate this day to her and also to all of you out there who are either at the beginning of your child loss journey or partway through your child loss journey because um, being on this journey for 37 years has certainly taught me a lot of things. So first of all, I'd just like to talk to you a little bit about my daughter. Her name was Crystal Cherie Wilson. Uh, She was born on the 13th of November 1981 at 4.34 in the afternoon. And I was a 17-year-old terrified child, having a child. But I loved that little girl with all my heart. And I remember the very first thought that I had when I finally got to hold her in my arms because she was jaundiced, so they rushed her off, was, my goodness, when you're 18, I'm only going to be 35. We can be best friends. Yeah, little did I know at that time. But that was my very... My very first conscious thought when I looked at that little girl properly and and thoroughly for the very first time, uh, I think we've all done that. We've all, you know, had 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 that experience, fathers and mothers alike. But anyway, so um, my little girl, she was four and a half when she left. She was very young. Uh, she left at a time when I was still grieving my brother, so that of course made her death even a little bit harder. And um, yeah, and so I talk to you about her because. A lot of times I talk about her death and, and everything, but I don't talk about her. What was Crystal like? Okay, I'm going to describe her for you so that you can understand what she looked like and everything. <coughs> she was a, a bit of a shorty like her mum. She was actually born um, very quite fair. A lot of people um, when they're doing – say that they're doing readings for me always bring her through as dark hair because I had such dark hair. But my daughter was quite fair. She had um, basically very uh, – I used to call her hair dirty blonde – So she had dirty blonde hair and it used to go into ringlets. So she had beautiful hair. It was thick like mine, um, but very, but she, and she did favor her dad. She didn't really favor me. She looked a lot like her dad. She probably looked around uh, like me around the chin, but she was pretty much Wilson. And that's her, that's the name of her father is, uh, is the Wilson surname. I kept the surname in honor of her. That's why I use Wilson as my professional name, not in honor of him, in honor of her. Okay, so now my little girl, she was very much a girly girl. Uh, she loved girly girl things. She loved um, skirts that uh, swung up when you, when, when, you, when you twirled. She loved twirly skirts. She did not like to eat a lot of food. Um, she was a very, very fussy eater. Her favourite meal was fish fingers and eggs. And she was also partial to Vegemite. But yeah, vegetables, yeah, nah, no veggies. It was very hard to get her to eat vegetables. I, she did eat spaghetti, so I ended up hiding her vegetables in spaghetti. I would cook it for hours and hours and hours, so all the veggies broke down just to sneak them into her. Um, so she was a really, really bad eater. Um, she was, as I said, a girly girl. She liked everything feminine. And it's really weird because I've always been a tomboy, and I honestly thought that she would be too. And I remember vividly buying her some little shorts, thinking how cute she'd look in them. She's, oh, yuck. She wanted dresses and skirts, so... How we got paired up, I will never, ever know. But that's that's what she liked. She was definitely, definitely a girly girl. 
Um, I remember the first time she found makeup. That was not too long before she passed, unfortunately. She was so thrilled to be putting makeup on. I swear, Blind, had she have lived, she would have been something with the makeup, I reckon. But anyway, was not to be. She loved to dance and she particularly loved singing. She um, did learn the words to songs very easily. So she loved singing. She was very artistic in her own way. Um, I, I, was, I was a guitarist, her father also a guitarist um, and, and I think that's possibly where she got a love because we were both learning guitar at the same time when she was just a baby. I picked up guitar when I was oh, probably 18 and her dad, my ex, picked it up around about the same time. He picked up electric, I picked up acoustic and Crystal became very musical. I like to sing, he did not. He's a really good guitarist now apparently. Um, I'm still a bad guitarist, but I still love singing. Um, but anyway, but Crystal, she loved to sing and she loved us particularly to learn the words. Her and I actually made some songs with my guitar music before she passed, which I treasure. And, um, and other things that she loved was her grandma. She was a very friendly girl. She was not shy about going up to people and saying hello to them. In fact, quite embarrassing sometimes. Um, I remember one time we were at the bank and it was um, – and I don't know if you guys remember, this is Australian, of course, in the Commonwealth Bank where um, they had the Lego at the end of the counter. They probably still do. I don't know. I'm not in the Commonwealth Bank anymore. Anyway, she was at the Lego and this ginormous man came up to the bench and he was very overweight. And she looks him up and down and I didn't – anyway, and I was watching her and – because I always kept my eye on her when I, even when I was in the line at the bank and I was watching her and she just opened up her mouth and she said, hello, fat man, how did you get so fat? <laughs> and he, I felt so bad. I just really wanted to shrink, run outside, not be her mother for a minute. And, um, and this guy turned around and he said to her, because I ate all my breakfast and then to my horror, that child ran up to me and said, Mummy, Mummy, I don't want to eat my breakfast anymore. And I thought, oh, no, please don't own me. But that was possibly one of my very, very big embarrassing moments with her. Um, she was just very forward um, as a little girl. Like she was just just very open and she would think things and they would pop in her head and they would pop in her mouth. I remember when she was going through her tickling stage. That was around about three years of age. And um, and she and we were tickling her, you know, and she decided to start tickling perfect strangers. It was a little bit embarrassing. But anyway, we just had to pull her off people. <laughs> Tickle those people, my goodness me. Um, she was a very matter-of-fact little girl. Um, she looked at – it was very weird, but I remember this moment standing out very starkly after she had passed um, when she had been alive and not long before she herself had passed. We had a dog called Kylia and Kylia – was a bit of a rat bag and she had been chasing cars and got hit by a car and I was devastated. Anyway, and so Crystal came up to me and she said, Mummy, what's wrong? And I said, well, Kylia died. And she said, oh, Mummy, it's okay. We can get another one. And I thought, oh, my God, child, you are hard and callous. And she also proved that later on because where I lived was basically a rat house and I mean that literally for the word. Um, I lived in a very, very little tiny house and that house, I don't even know how big it would have been. It had four entire rooms and the toilet was an outback toilet and it was way down the backyard. It was a thunderbox. For those of you who know what a thunderbox is, it was a thunderbox. And it was a good 100 metres away from the house. Um, so that was my toilet. And the shower was um, outside as well. 
and that was the the, the the little townie house we lived in and um and so Chris, Crystal um, hated that bloody thunderbox. Or I don't know where she peed. I think she peed just outside the back door, to be quite frank with you. But I remember um, there was one time in that horrible little house um, that we had rats. And there was a lot of rats. And, and so I had, had to start setting traps. And, so it, and we had kookaburras in the backyard. So what we would do was we would kill the rats and we would throw them to the cookers. And it was Crystal's... Um, job to throw them to the cookers and I remember as the rats got smaller and smaller as they do and the last the very final rat was a teeny little rat and she came up and she's oh my god mummy look how cute this little rat is and then she goes out and says cooker 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 I thought yes the child is callous she doesn't care and she'd watch the cooker take the bloody rat anyway but that's just how she was she was very matter of fact as I mentioned before she loved my mum um, her and my mum were very, very close. Um, in fact, after mum, after Crystal died, mum never got close to my other two children or to any of her other grandchildren. I think that Crystal might have broken her heart a lot there. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, these things do happen. <laughs> um, but she, were he- she and mum were very, very close and she would introduce everyone to my mum. She would say, my name is Tiddles and this is Grandma. And everywhere she went, she was just such a very, very friendly little girl. I do, you know, she was here for four and a half years. And in that four and a half years, we were poor. We never had any money. Um, We had lots of cuddles in bed because that's all we really could do. Um, We had lots of ice blocks because they were cheap (laughs) and not the bloody drumsticks, only the lemonade ones. And I remember the very, very last... Thing that came out before she passed away was Calippo ice blocks and she loved Calippos she's oh my god I need a lipo mummy I need a lipo so we'd go and get lipos but you know my little daughter she was a colorful little girl I often wondered I've, I've, of course I've wondered what she would have been like as an adult um, but you know I, I found out a long time ago that that was just torturing myself I, I really I really did I remember for the first five years after she passed I would desperately seek out um, little girls, um, just, just a bit, not, not like, to, no, I wasn't stalking them or anything, don't get me wrong, but like in shopping centres and things, I would type, try to estimate the age that little girls might be with their mums and wonder if that would be like what Crystal would be like now. And I, I did actually wonder that right up until she was 18 and, and then I realised one day that, ah, she's not going to get to 18, Charmaine. You, you know, you're kidding yourself. She only got to four and a half and I had to stop those games because they were killing me. They were really hurting me. I had to learn to be thankful for what I had. And that was why today I told you all about Crystal Cherie. That's why I told you about all of her little things, her singing. I think I remember her singing the most. And um, one of her favourite songs was Imagine. And another one of her favourite songs was Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. So, of course, these songs have a huge significance to me in my life. She knew the words. Um, You know, so... So today I just wanted you to, to introduce you to Crystal and now I'm going to talk a little bit about how I dealt with this and um, someone asked me recently and I did have the email for some reason I cannot find it but they asked me about reading material after losing a child and I have to say that um, now I want to trace my journey after I lost Crystal so that you guys understand now, I, I, I want to put down a few facts that happened after I lost her. The first thing that happened was um, she did pass away six hours away from, from, from our home 
Um, she was at her father's place for an access visit. Um, I also want to point out that he went to a party that night. He was unlicensed and drunk driving and that was how he had an accident and that was how my daughter died. For those wondering, Tony, yes, he is still alive. Um, I forgave him a long time ago. In fact, I forgave him immediately after. Why did I forgive him? Such a dumb thing to do, don't you reckon? But no, it wasn't. I did it for my peace, not his, um, because I couldn't go on hating him for the rest of my life. I couldn't because my daughter loved him and I'm not going to hate someone she loves. You understand that? I can't hate someone she loves. Yeah, he blew it. He screwed it. He screwed up. But I cannot hate someone she loves. When I love him, when I like him, I have no feelings about him whatsoever. That's the truth. Also, two nights before Crystal passed away, I had a dream that she was going to missing and it was a very real dream. And when she passed away, I understood that the spirit world had been trying to tell me that her time was up. Now, the same thing had happened with my brother. I have talked about this before. That when their time is up, their time is up. And it doesn't matter how they go, when their time is up, they will be, it will be their time to leave. And I understand that and I accept that with every inch of my soul and being. Should he have been drunk? Nope. Should he have been driving? Nope. But if he hadn't have been drunk and if he hadn't have been driving, something else would have happened on that particular day and my daughter would no longer be here. Because the truth of the matter is my daughter is not here. And so it doesn't matter about what ifs or if onlys because they do not exist in my world. The fact is that she wasn't here. Am I appreciative for the time I got? Oh, hell yes. Um, I've had, my memories have come back after the hard grief went, by the way, guys. So if you are in this position, your memories will come back. Try hard to remember them. Now, what did I do? Now, the first thing that happened after my daughter died was the ashes were spread behind my back by my mother-in-law. That was a choice they made, but a choice that affected me greatly and deeply and hurt me more than anything. It, it, I mean, a crystal death hurt, but, but the fact that these people were able to do that hurt me a hell of a lot. And, it, and that took me a long time to understand, comprehend, forgive and get over. It took me 13 years, actually. I, I, I was very um, – it, it hurt me a lot that they did that. I'm okay now because once I became a medium, I understood that, you know, it was just ashes. It's not not anything. It's not, it's not her. It's not her. It's her ashes. Um, so, you know, so I, I don't I don't dwell on them anymore. So I had a lot to get over here, guys. I just want to let you know. I did not get the um, the I did not get to be her mother for the last time and provide her a funeral. That was to my liking. I did not get to spread her ashes in a place where I might find peace. Um, I did not get to say goodbye to her. And, um, you know, so there were a lot of things that I did not get. And it was very, very hard for me. So that is possibly why I became an addict after she passed away um, years down the track. But I still did because I never really, you know, I didn't get a lot of um, final things that most of us get or that I have got every other single time in every other death I've had. With Crystal, I didn't get a lot of those things, okay? So, so because of this ashes spreading, it type of um, tipped my world. Like I had accepted that she passed, but it tipped my world upside down. I couldn't believe anybody could be so cruel, to be honest with you. And also on top of that, when I had rang the funeral home, they had said to me that they knew what type of mother I was. And you know, obviously my ex-mother-in-law doesn't like me and so probably still doesn't. 
But she didn't like me then. She didn't like me when she met me and she probably doesn't like me now, but that's okay. Um, and so that made me really mad that they, that they had judged me. The mother, a bereaved mother, they had judged me. You can imagine my rage, you know, like that was so unfair. I mean, my daughter was loved. She was healthy. She was happy. She was, I mean, gosh, she sang all the time. Singing is a sign of happiness, isn't it? Either way, I went out to prove myself after that. The first thing I did was I did a childcare course. Now, this was only with the YMCA or whatever it was called back then, but I did this child this childcare course. I got the highest ever recorded, um, uh, you know, ever ever recorded score on the on the test that I did. So I, that that made me feel a little bit happier. Um, then I joined a gym, and I decided to do aerobics because that was a sure way to um, get rid of all the excess pain inside of you. And my mum taught me that that if you have a lot of pain by joining a gym, it's going to make you um, remove all of that, that stale energy. So that's what I did next. But I wasn't healed. I, I can't tell you guys that I was healed. I don't believe that I really, really healed from my daughter's passing until I actually became a medium. And that's the truth. And that's why I'm so hot-fired on all of you. What I did was I drank and I did drugs. I tried my hardest. Like I, I became an aerobic instructor and I tried really, really hard. And, and I missed her like crazy. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't walking around with my face to the floor. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't actually do any of the stuff that I advised for you guys to do. It wasn't until later on down the track that I realised and found these things. So that's what I'm going to discuss next. But I'll just give you a quick brief rundown. So after I lost my daughter, um, I ended up having another child who was Molly. Um, and I had yet another child who is Jack. But the father of those children and I, we separated when Jack was only 2.5 years of age. And after that, I found myself in the grips of an amphetamine addiction. Um, the kid, my kid's father took my kids off me when my, my youngest, Jack, again, was five. And I have never, ever got full custody back again. But I had their total respect. And I have worked my ass off to be the best mother I can since that, that time. They have forgiven me a long time ago. My entire addiction was 18 months of amphetamines. That's how dangerous that drug is, guys. It will take your whole life of you. 18 months was the duration of my addiction. Um, and in the 18 months, I, was, um, I lost it all, including my children. So I just want you guys to be very, very careful um, if you are tempted to make yourself feel better by doing drugs because it doesn't ever, ever work. And it's highly addictive, some of that stuff. So I just want you to know that. My drug run wasn't like years and years. It was just 18 months in total. That was it. It was done over about a two-and-a-half-year process, but that was it. And that's what took, took my life away. I have put it down to the fact that um, I ended up going to the drugs because, one, I was in a very toxic relationship with the kid's father. Um, he's quite a um, – can be a very angry person. And sometimes quite violent. So I put it down to that. I also put it down to not ever getting proper help to deal with not just my daughter's death, but my brother's death, and my grandfather's death, which came within a short four-year period. I really think that I should have had more help. Back in those days, they did not have mediums. You, didn't, you couldn't just go to a medium and get some relief. They did not have people like me on social media giving you tips and hints and clues. You didn't have... Um, 10 um, psychologist sessions a year, that which we get in Australia, 
when we go through really bad things. You didn't get any of that. You just had to get through. And my choice to get through was to make myself feel better through drugs and alcohol. Bad move. But there were no other – there weren't really any other choices back then. And if there were, I couldn't afford them. <laughs> I couldn't afford a psychologist way back then. No way, way no way, Jose. Okay? So now what have I learnt since I've become a medium? Now to the lady who asked me about the book reading, what I learnt since I've become a medium, okay, since I started to communicate with the spirits, I should say, because I was not a medium until three years after I started to communicate with the spirits. So I started to hear the spirit world in 1999, but I did not become a medium until 2002. They did a lot of work with me in between that time, making me understand my life. And I, if for want of a better word, I would say that they were my psychologist, okay? So if you're having trouble with grief, this is why I always say, if you're having trouble, you go out and you get a psychologist, you get someone to talk this out. I was lucky, my psychologists are my guides, my own spirit people, my own daughter, <laughs> for goodness sakes. And I know that's really weird and, and strange, but it happened to me. You guys have seen evidence of this. It happened to me, okay? But it was when I started to be a medium and started to want to help other people that I found the books and the pure gold that I would pass on to every single one of you who is a bereaved parent. First of all, I would love you to read my book, Spirit Whispers and my book, Spirit Children, because that will help you. And I say it will. I will also love you to read every single book written by Doris Stokes, The Medium. I hope you're writing this down because that will help you. I would also love you to take up some books by Wayne Dyer, particularly the book, There is a Spiritual Solution for Every Problem, Wayne Dyer. I particularly want you to read those books. And the other books that I think would be very good for you to read are books about staying in the moment. And a really good one of that is Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Um, I would also love you to discover books and to consider joining a meditation group or a meditation class to help you stay in the moment. Because whether you know it or not, it's your grief that's holding you back now. But eventually, you can maintain a relationship with your spirit child if you learn to know your own soul, okay? If you learn to know your own soul. Because once you learn, learn your own soul, then you will understand your child's soul. And that is when communication can really start to open up between your spirit and their spirit. And I'm not saying that you're going to become a medium. That's not going to happen to all of you. It's going to happen to very, 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 very minimum few of you. Very, very, not many at all. One in a million maybe. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you learn to, to the language of the spirit world as in signs from spirit, if you learn the signs they send, if you learn to nurture your own soul, you will start to heal 
and you will start to become in a better place than you are now, okay? So go back to those books I read, rewind if you must, but start to do some reading. Start to learn about you because once you understand your soul, understanding your child and receiving messages from their soul is going to be all that much easier. So I'm going to leave this to with you today on this very day, this every day of the 28th of June, 19, you know, 2023. Now, I'm going to leave this with you. You may be a bereaved parent and you may have lost what you feel some reasons for living. But I want to tell you, your child chose you for your strength and, and you. And they, they would not want you to stop your life and miss out on the absolute beauty that is waiting for you out there again. Your child had a time to live and your child had a time to die. We all do. No one is promised 75 years. That is just an old wives' tale. It is very far from the truth. But because we are heard that our body is supposed to last 75 years, we get highly offended when people like our children pass away because we think that somehow it's all wrong. And while it is very wrong and it feels very wrong, unfortunately, it is what it is. And you may hate that saying, and I don't mind if you do, but the truth is it is what it is. Your child is where they are and you are here. So you have choices. You can be sad and unhappy for the duration of the rest of your life. Or you can go out and you can make something of your life like I did. Even if I was not a medium, I would still help people get through this grief. I promise you that. Even if I was not a medium, I would do that. And in fact, before I was a medium, I did. I helped as many people as I could. All of my friends who started becoming bereaved parents, they come to me because I was the one who was making sense, okay? Because that's what I chose to do with my label of being a bereaved parent. I decided to reach out to other people and help them accept the unacceptable. Anyway, here's to my daughter in her 37th year in heaven. She has helped more people than you know, than I know. <laughs> if my daughter had not passed, I may not actually, you know, be the medium I am. But I would have always have tried to help people, even if it was only 10. So you guys, you've got a choice. Use this pain to make good somehow. Or use this pain to destroy yourself. It's up to you. Big love to you all out there who are suffering the way. Uh, who have suffered and who have lost belief, uh, who have lost kids. Big love to you all. Bye for now. I'll be back on um, probably Monday next week. I've got a show on Sunday, so I'm going to be given um, Sunday soul sessions a bit of a miss. In the meantime, you all take care now. She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now.